You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with host Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining our conversation today. We are thrilled to have with us today, Sam Tielmans, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He is also an EF certified EFT, which is emotionally focused therapy, as well as EMDR trained. Sam specializes in helping couples repair damaged relationships due to pornography use, infidelity, and other types of sexual acting out. So from what I understand, Sam, as you can, of course, add to this, please, after I'm, I introduce you here. But what I understand is you have a style that's a little bit different from most therapists in how you approach the healing of a relationship. To my understanding, you feel many couples take too long to get back to feeling good about themselves and the marriage. So you use tools to speed up this, this process because Traditional therapy tends to focus on that reflective listening, just be more patient, go on more dates, court each other. And it really doesn't address the core issues, which you feel um, is really understanding the internal blocks that really fuel addiction. Did I get that close? (laughs) I love it. I thought that was great. Better than I could have said it. (laughs) So feel free to jump in and give more detail about what you do and your unique style. Cause I love it. It's very unique. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. So I, my, my specialty specifically is working with a couple. So I like working with the husband or the man or the spouse with the trauma. I like both of those pieces, but I feel like there's so much that can be done with regard to the relationship that most couples tend to delay. And I think the reason why is because there isn't a whole lot of information out there with regard to how do you come back together in the relationship or in the marriage? How do you heal while there is an active addiction going on? Because a lot of times people will say you can't do any couple's work while there's an active addiction. And I think what you're saying is true. When people refer to couple's work, it's often things like spend more time together, be more intimate, go on more dates. Like it's just the advice giving, which doesn't work when there's active addiction. So there's things that you must do instead. And so I found a way through, cause I'm obsessed with going to like different trainings. And you mentioned a couple of the ones that I've been through. I love piecing together all these, the highlights of a bunch of different modalities and bringing them together and figuring out how can you put them into place to help couples and individuals move through this process faster, but thoroughly. And yeah, there's a cool way to be able to integrate the relationship piece much sooner than most people do. And I just find it to be so helpful or the clients find it to be so helpful as they work together because we're able to not only address the relationship, but them individually, but you can do them simultaneously or in tandem with one another. The recovery model that I was taught when I was going through all this is she goes over here and does her work. He goes over here and does his work. And what I have seen the longer I've been doing this and now working individually and with couples is they go to these islands and then they don't know how to get back. And I was in this B-trail trauma training the other day, it's called APSATS. And they said, yeah, that's an old model. We've, we're moving away from that. And now what we do is we can start couples as soon as we get through some of just some safety things that we need to get put in place. They said, we start doing couples, but it's not traditional couples. 
where traditional couples is, okay, what are you doing wrong? What are you doing wrong? What we really want to do is we want to, within the couple, like start teaching them how to understand what each other are going through, or really what they said is understand what the betrayed is going through, making space, creating healing. And I remembered sitting in this training, having this like mind blown of, okay, A, Sam, I was thinking about you because I was like, oh, this is Sam. <laughs> also, I'm doing the EFT training. So that part of my brain is going, but then there's this other part of me that's, but everything that I've been taught and how do we do this without her getting, I'm using her, but it could be either one. How do we do this without getting the betrayed more damaged and more, more hurt through this process? So I would love for you to jump in, Sam, and talk about that part of it. Yeah. So that's, that's super cool. I didn't know that there were people out there, other people who are talking about integrating the relationship piece sooner because I grew up, I say grew up, like I was trained in the same kind of a model too, where it's, I was trained in Lifestar, if, if people are familiar with that, where I was running groups for 18 months and it was specifically focused on the, the husband. She went to her Lifestar group and it was separate and there wasn't this bridge back together. And I think so many couples want that, but they are just told, this is just how you do it. And it, it's not safe if you do it sooner than 18 months or however long the timeline was. So that's really good to hear that's changing because I think it's so important. And so I think that's the concern and understandably so that if the wife does couples work, if the couple does couples work, that she's put in this place where it's possibly that there's a possibility that it might not be safe for her. And so whenever I do couples work, I guess I wanted to find that more clearly. So the idea behind this isn't, so my whole purpose in the early stages of doing couples work is to help people, like you said, understand one another, where they're coming from and why they do what they do. So let me give you the, for instance, I was working with a couple not too long ago. They came in recently and the way that their cycle, now that you've been through this EFT training, you have this figure eight cycle. And as a quick sidebar, I honestly actually don't really tell people I do EFT <clears throat> unless they ask. And the reason is because I remember being in a Facebook group and then I'll come back to this thread. I feel like this is an important little tangent here. So I, I was being, I was in this Facebook group with about 200 women who were married to husbands who struggled with addiction. And I was going in there just offering advice and tips and they would do panels with us as therapists. And one of the things that I mentioned was EFT. And there was like a handful of the women in the group who went to an EFT therapist and they came back and reported to the group. That was the most awful experience they'd ever had. When I heard that, I'm like, what happened? Like, how did this happen? And I guess it didn't dawn on me because EFT is the, the foundation of the, the way to work with couples. But if you don't have an understanding about addiction and trauma and all of these other pieces, then it won't be the best fit. So I don't really broadcast to my audience, I guess, that it's EFT because I don't want them to think like, oh, that's all I need is an EFT therapist when there's so many other pieces. Mm. So when I integrate the EFT portion to it, that's a quick little sidebar. So coming back to this idea of working with a couple not too long ago, they got caught into this cycle like most people do where there's distance or tension or emotionally disconnected. The husband is often just not there emotionally. And usually it's because he doesn't know how. He grew up in a home where emotion wasn't prioritized. It wasn't never modeled to him as far as how to connect with one another. Feelings weren't like something that was openly discussed. So they just never learned how to do that. And so they get married and they don't magically learn how to connect with their spouse. That's something that they need to learn. And so that's the big part of in the early stages of doing couples work is to help them understand what they're feeling and help them to be able to share that. 
because what happens in these cycles is the husband will often disconnect if he gets overwhelmed or if he gets, if he feels like he's failing or if he feels he's not doing enough, a good enough job, if they get into fights personally, right? The shame is there. <clears throat> As a result of that shame, he just shuts down. The more he shuts down, the more the wife feels disconnected, the more she feels like she's on her own and that she doesn't matter to him. And she comes to him with her pain and he's not there for her because he doesn't know how to be. He just feels, ah, I'm the one that did this. I'm a bad person. So he just pulls back even more. So they get caught in this dance of he pulls away because he doesn't want to keep failing. She feels alone and abandoned because he's not there for her. And so a critical part of the early stages of doing this work is to help each person understand what is going on underneath the surface that drives that behavior. And so for this couple in particular, he felt like he was failing. He was like, I'm hurting my wife. She keeps coming to me and she's in pain. I'm the, I'm the source of this. So I'm just going to pull away and disengage, which unintentionally it, it makes it worse for her because she wants him to be present. So as I have them share with one another, I have him express what he's feeling. And he'll say something like, when you come to me and you're crying, I just feel so bad that I've hurt you. I don't want to cause you pain. I really do care about you, but I, in those moments, I don't know what to do. So I shut down because I don't want to make it worse. When she hears that's so different than her story that she tells herself, which is he shuts down because he doesn't care about me. He goes away. He doesn't want to hear my pain. So I'm on my own because he's not there. So that, and under, and I get why she would think that it, it seems on its face. That's what it is. But if you get them to both each understand what's happening on the inside and get them to share it that way, it clears up so many misunderstandings and it reveals that truly they are on the same page with their goals. The fact that they care about each other, but they hadn't been able to articulate it. So they just get, they trigger each other and then leads to just more separation. That was a very long way of describing all of that. I hope that makes sense, but that's like a key piece to help people move through the process and heal is get to share what's really going on instead of just seeing the behavior and interpreting it in a certain way that usually isn't correct. And you say that so simply, but I know the work it takes for him, especially to get to that place of recognizing the emotion, understanding it, allowing himself to be vulnerable to go. There's so much work that goes into it for him mm -hmm. to get to that place to be able to share it with her. So that yes. work is complex. It is. And I think when that's again, why I feel so strongly about this couple's piece is because I've worked with enough clients where he can be in a really good place individually. He can go to his group and there's camaraderie there. And I, I think that's crucial. We need a network of support. But the thing that I think is missing is that he can connect with his group, but those skills don't necessarily translate to his wife where I've worked with people where they're like, yeah, I go to my group and I can be open and I can share it. But then I come home and I don't want to say anything because I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want her to get mad at me. And so being able to work with them together to help him go through that process, like you mentioned, be able to identify how he feels, be able to articulate that. He needs support and guidance in real time to be able to do that. And if I'm working with him individually, we can get to that point. And then I'm like, okay, go home and tell your wife. But he's just like, okay, I don't really know how, or what do you do? But if I'm there in session with her, I can say, great, that makes sense to me. Now, can you turn and tell her what you just said? Can you tell her that when you shut down, you're actually afraid 
of making a mistake and you don't want to hurt her. So then he does that. And she's I had no idea that he felt like this before. All I saw was him shutting down him avoiding. He doesn't want to be around me. So I just feel bad. I feel like I'm on my own. But when he tells me this right now, I see this differently. That makes a lot more sense. So I think you can't, you just can't get that if you're working with them separately. So something that you, that I've heard you talk about in your podcast is, and I want to clarify because you will not work with a couple and you don't think that couples need to do this kind of therapy that you're doing with them. If the addict isn't willing to do the work, correct? Because I can see a little bit of danger in some women maybe thinking, oh, we're just doing groups. We are doing separate. Now we need to move together. But I think there's a lot of husbands out there right now who are either begrudgingly going to group, they're half going to therapy or halfway doing their recovery groups. And then if the woman's, we need to do couple therapy, could there be some danger doing that too soon if the addict isn't in a particular place to do that so soon? So that's a really good question. So my first, so the only, the only, I guess the a fancy word is contraindication. What is that? It's like the only marker that tells me that I shouldn't do couples therapy. Again, everybody has their own thing. For some people, it's if there's active addiction, no couples work. I, I don't see it like that. For me, it's the only marker that says don't do couples work is if he won't, if he's not interested in making any changes. And so even if he's doing it halfway, I remember, I will never forget this. This was when Alana and I were working together at, at Addo. There was a couple who came in, they drove eight hours from Salt Lake down to Vegas for a, an assessment because we were doing free assessments at the time for a new clinic. And I'll never forget that the husband and wife sit there and, sh- and she says, my husband isn't interested in change. And so I turned to him and I say, help me understand that you're here. You drove a long way. What brings you here? And he's like, I have, I'm struggling with an addiction, but I, I don't think I want to give this up. And all I do whenever I hear that is just ask, like, I just try to get curious about, okay, well, help me understand this. And what purpose has this served for you? Like, when do you use the addiction as an escape for you? I just try to understand where they're coming from. After, I don't know, a handful of questions after maybe five or 10 minutes of questions, he starts to get choked up and he starts to cry. And he says, really what's going on is that I'm scared. If I get rid of the addiction, I won't have anything else to cope with. And like that, I honestly will stick with me for such a long time because I think so often we misinterpret resistance for unwillingness when really resistance is fear for most people or they just minimize, oh, it's not that big of a deal. And so this is the distinction, right? Some people really believe that it's not a big deal, right? Those people usually don't show up in my office, but for the people who do think it's a big deal, they really do want to stop, but they minimize it or they drag their feet I'm always just curious about, okay, what is this? And nearly every time I've ever tried to explore what that's about for somebody, it's usually fear. They failed countless times. So the idea of trying again and really putting their full effort into it is like, what does that mean about me if I fail again? It means I have no hope. It means I'm a failure. It means I'm not enough. So I think even if there's resistance there, if they're still a part of them or if they're still willing to do the work and go through the process, I, I would still absolutely do couples work with that person. Okay. So here's my pushback is there's a lot of couples that I absolutely would work with, but there's a few in particular that come to mind where 
she has given herself over and over into the relationship and there's still active lies and manipulation and even like some emotional abuse or domestic violence. And so I'm going, there's no way I would touch that with a 10 foot stick with couples because it puts her in line for further abuse. And so how do we, you know, if a therapist is listening to this or a client is listening to this as a whole, how do we navigate that and protect those who are in those type of situations, either with narcissistic tendencies or active abuse? How do we navigate that? So that's a good question. I think it's so complicated. When I'm working with somebody in that kind of a scenario, I'm always keeping in mind there's a reason why he's doing what he's doing. Not to say that there's permission or a license. There's a reason for it. In other words, if he feels shame and then he lashes out and is abusive to her, the reason why he's doing that is his shame. And so my job, in my opinion, is to help get clear about what those reasons are and help them resolve the core of the problem so that violence, that abuse, that gaslighting, those lot like the lies, they don't continue because the reasons underneath why they do it are resolved. And so I think it would just look a little differently. I obviously am a big fan of the couples piece. And so depending on the situation in one of these kinds of situations, I would want to do individual work with this person to understand what is this about, but I definitely would want her there. So she can also get plugged into the things that I'm learning and that he's learning about himself. So it's not that I would have her be sharing and be super vulnerable and continue to open up and put herself in a place that isn't safe. I would just shift our focus in those sessions where I would want her there to hear what's underneath the surface, but I would have him do a lot of the sharing. I would have him express, hey, when you lose your temper like this, what triggered that? And explore these deeper, like the meaning that he's making. So let me give you a, for instance, let's say, let's say he gets extremely upset and lashes out and gets abusive when he feels disrespected or he feels like he's failing or he's not doing a good enough job. I'll want to understand all of that stuff to help him then instead of lashing out, share in a vulnerable way, what it feels like for him to feel like he's failing as a husband. And the more he can tap into those emotional the core emotional driver of his actions and help him to share that over and over again, that creates these new pathways so that when that gets triggered, he knows like number one, he's already shared it in the past. So it's easier to reference and go back to, but number two, he's built up muscle memory so that when it happens in real time, he can share instead of lashing out because the, the shame and the fear is the reason why he's doing it in the first place. So I want him to be clear about that and share with her in a different way instead of acting on that in an unproductive or like a damaging way. Does that make sense? And you don't see women who are a part of that. What's I'm like having a physical response actually as you were describing how you would have the husband in there and you would work with him like that and you're not having her say anything, but she's there witnessing that. What have you observed with women in that situation? And, and Again, I think your purpose is you're thinking, look, if she can be a part of watching him go through this part process, it's connecting them. This is what's missing is that connection that they're getting maybe in groups that they're not seeing when they come together. So if I'm understanding correctly, you like this approach because if the wife can see his vulnerability and see what you pull out of him, it's going to connect them. but wouldn't that also be triggering so, for her? 
to watch that. What? Okay. There's a couple of thoughts. So number one, the intention early on like that, if, because again, this is a, like more of an extreme case, right? This is not 95% of the people that come in. This is like nine, a fraction of the people that have worked with her in this kind of a situation. And so I guess I don't want it to be a blanket. Oh, we can't do that in couples work if they get into fights sometimes, or if they, you know, if there's tension there, like we're talking about a sliver in terms of who presents in therapy, at least in my experience. Does this happen all the, like a lot of the time? Yes, this, this kind of situation does happen a lot, but I guess I, I don't work with those people because they often don't come in. Can you explain that really quick? You said they don't often come in. And I see that too, that those who really are in that place where they are that manipulative or that abusive, a lot of times they don't go in because they don't want to be called out for that. They don't want to be seen for that. So I've seen that too, yet some will come in in an attempt to get the therapist to convince her. And so I feel for you right now, Sam, because you're like in the hot seat. No, this is great. Uh, I love the questions. No, honestly, this is great. But I'm thinking like through the lens of what are listeners where, you know, there's this constant, oh, we got to keep her safe. We got to keep her safe. And so- yes. They're like, absolutely. Even those who are actively abusing are doing it through this lens of they are hurt. They're scared. They're, they have their own stuff that they're going through. And so what I hear you saying is I'm trying to break the patterns with them and we're taking it. We're going these worst case scenarios. I'm guessing for two reasons, a, because me, myself, as I'm like scared that some woman is going to hear this and go, oh, I need to go do couples therapy. And then they're going to go, that was a terrible idea. Or Amy, in your example, you were married to a really emotionally destructive man that divorce was the right answer for you. And so we have these lenses that we're in this protective place. But what I hear you saying is in most of your cases, these fears we're bringing up are not the reality of most of the clients who are coming into your office. Is that right? Yeah. So again, I, I think it's super important to clarify or at least underscore this. My primary objective is creating safety. Mm. It has to be. You can't do any work individually or in the relationship if there is no safety. So I would never invite somebody into a, an exchange that I knew was going to cause more harm. Again, this is where I think if it's too big of a blanket, right? If it's, if we use kind of these worst case scenarios and apply what we're talking about to that, it's a lot more difficult to navigate. It's, there's so much complexity with this and you have to go very slow and there must be safety all along the way. And so when I talk about how I would still want both people in there, it's not that I would have her just be a wallflower as much as I would want to help him. How much safer would she be if he could learn the skill to, instead of raging on her, open up and be vulnerable about why he's feeling the way that he's feeling? That's what helps to create safety. So I don't need her necessarily to be opening up and gushing all over him and you're doing such a good job. That's not the purpose of those specific cases. I, I, it's critical that he learns how to navigate 
these reactions in a much more productive way than just putting a lid on it. Because if you go to like an anger management group, they like it's breathing techniques, it's calm yourself down, it's recenter. And while there's a place for that, it does not address the reason why he's doing what he's doing. And so I want him to be able to explore that and talk about his shame and then share in a vulnerable way with his spouse. Hey, I'm feeling scared. When this thing happens, really what's going on, I, I, you see me get very mad at you. Really what's happening is I'm terrified of feeling like I've failed you again. And that devastates me. So when he shares that nugget, it's very different than what happens at home, which is what we need to have. We need to create new interactions. We need to create, because she's going to feel safe in the moment that he shares that, not in the moment that he rages on her. You see what I'm saying? And it just makes me think about and what I've seen with couples is when one partner really is able to access those deeper emotions, the other partner usually has never seen that and never experienced Exactly. That. And it's truly a gift for them if that 100%. person can go there. That being said, that process of them getting to that place, like where I mentioned earlier is that it's, it's complicated and complex work. And I really appreciate when you started with, of, yeah, there's a lot of good EFT therapists out there, I'm sure. But if you don't really understand trauma, if you don't really understand addiction along with Mm -hmm. this, it makes perfect sense why there have been a lot of people who have been hurt through this process. So it really takes Yes, that, that trauma lens and that addiction lens to really understand your clients and understand how to navigate all of these complexities. Definitely. There are very few people that I, fe- that I feel comfortable referring to with these kinds of complexities. Very few. I know a bunch of good EFT therapists, but I would not refer what we're talking about to those people and feel confident like they're going to be taken care of. Nothing against the therapist. It's just they niche down in other areas. And if you don't have a specific niche and truly understand this and you try to do couples work, it's going to blow up. And that's why I stopped telling people about EFT because EFT is relatively well-known. So they'll just think, okay, EFT, I hear Sam or Alana or somebody talking about EFT. Cool. That sounds to be like the thing that we've been missing. And then it just completely backfires on them. And yeah, I think it's critical. Again, we're talking about real extreme examples, but even in those extreme examples, it's so important. Let me add one more thing here. If he's willing to do the work, I want to work with him. If he's not willing to do the work and he doesn't take accountability and he doesn't acknowledge that this is a problem and he's verbally abusing his wife and he doesn't care, that's not somebody I do couples work with. I would definitely, and even if people are doing these behaviors where there's lying and manipulation and stuff going on, it's still important that he does individual work. That's, I know we're talking a lot about the couples piece just because that's what we're highlighting right now, but I think it's crucial that he's doing individual work as well. But I want her to be plugged in to those moments when he gets an aha around, oh, I'm scared. That's why I lash out. And then he tells her that. It, like you said, that's a perfect way to put that, Alana. It's a gift for her to know that he's mad, not because he doesn't care about her, but it's because he's scared and he doesn't want to fail her. And now we want to recondition and build that muscle memory with him. So anytime he gets scared, instead of him going to anger, we've through repetition, 
helped him to know how to share in a very safe way. So that can create this level of closeness that they never have had in the past. Well, and with that, I, I think it also helps her be able to go, it isn't about me. That really is his. That's yes. triggering his exactly. in this and these are his. And so it, it just helps her better. These are my stuff. This is his. And then together, this is how we're interacting and connecting or not connecting. A hundred percent. Which is why I, and I wanted to bring this up because I think it's another, for lack of a better word, controversial topic. You take a different view than most on the groups. And like you were saying in the beginning, you can, you've seen how, and so correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard you say that you don't necessarily think that him doing his group, her doing her group, and even 12 steps really are helpful in the relationship. And with what you just said, it resonated with me. And, and again, as I was listening to your podcast, my brain was going, yes. Oh, that makes sense. Wait, nope. I don't know. Wait, yes, that makes sense. And so it was really challenging me and I loved it. <laughs> and this is one of the areas that you think differently than most people that was challenging my brain. And so I want to hit on this um, before we run out of time, but I, I love this because first of all, I have heard a lot of women say that their husbands are commenting on her support group, her therapy. It's just keeping you in angry mode. It's you're just staying hurt. You're staying the victim and men have a really hard time. I think with the women doing her groups and her stuff, because perhaps maybe he's not feeling like she's connecting with him. She's now connecting with the people in the group. And so do you think that's part of what you're saying in that men want to connect, but don't know how? So getting into couples therapy earlier prevents that group resentment? It's a great question. So in terms of group, I think having that support and the camaraderie is so helpful. I think there are a lot of approaches when it comes to group that as I've seen the content, it, it doesn't as deeply reach some of the core pieces that I think need to be addressed, which again, in a group setting, it's just, it's a different kind. Like you could go to a 12 step group and it's moderated by another person. Like they don't have any training necessarily. They're just there to support each other, which is the purpose of it. It's not deep therapy. And so I don't begrudge anybody for going to group. I think camaraderie is awesome. Like I, I, I value that. I encourage that. I just think that there's other pieces that are often unaddressed that need to be addressed. And so what you're talking about, as far as how that plays in with the relationship, I think that's very common is that they build this bond with their group, which is great, but without them being able to build a bridge with each other, that gap tends to widen for a lot of people because they're doing better. They're making progress. They're feeling great. They go and they, they celebrate with their group, which is good. But I just think unnecessarily the process of bridging between him and her is delayed oftentimes to the point where it just, they get so far down the road, they don't even have any idea how to come back together. And it's almost like they go to the separate place because they're having relationship issues. They lean on their group instead of learning how to navigate those together. And I like that you said that. Obviously I run <laughs> the worth program, which is all about women's groups. So I'm pretty passionate about groups, but- Which is great. But yes. every week in groups, I will say to the women, something along the lines of, while group therapy is extremely beneficial, this does not replace your individual work. And we highly suggest working individually with a B-trail trauma therapist or a B-trail trauma coach. 
And honestly, it never occurred to me until yes. this conversation to even mention couples therapy and probably not appropriate because I have women in all stages where some aren't even married. Sure. But that being said, that's something I reiterate every single week because couples is one part of it. Individual is one part of it. Group is another part of it. And it makes me yes. think Dr. Kevin Skinner, he talks about having recovery capital and how when we have more things in our belt, it creates more opportunities. But we also don't want to get stuck in these complete separate areas. That's what I hear you saying. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because I think group can be such a tremendous help. Again, I've run groups before and I can see how bonding they can be. And I know that you do great work with group. And I think that's so needed. I think sometimes unintentionally people say, I'm going to group, therefore I'm doing all of my work when mm. that's a part of it. But if you take that idea of, I've, I went to group, I'm doing my work. There's lots of other facets to healing that are just outside of the scope of group. And so you want to focus on the thing, wherever you are in the process, you're just going to focus on the thing that needs to be addressed. And so you, different tools for different, there's different tools for different areas of where somebody is in the process. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I like what you're saying there. And I honestly have seen in my own experience too, some women who have gotten very comfortable in groups and almost adapted the other women's stories to her own story. And it is creating yes. a, a larger gap between that bridge that you're talking about to her, to the marriage. And she's finding so much comfort and camaraderie in this group. But I've also seen how, yeah, they absorb information that might really not be happening in her marriage, but because they've been going to group for so yes. long, it's now like their reality and their truth. And that I've seen happen too, which is really tricky. And so I agree with you. That's why my brain went, Ooh, yes, wait, no. And where I went, no, was when you were talking about identity and how, when uh, you go to 12 step program and you stand up and they say, hi, my name is Amy and I'm an addict and you're identifying with that word. And I love what you were saying about that. In fact, I feel like I really resonate with this coach, more coaching technique with how you were talking and explaining identity in your podcast. And I loved it. So help me understand this part. Cause this is where my brain went, eh, is women identify as wives so deeply that when this betrayal happens, they don't know who they are anymore. And so I feel like group mm -hmm. helps them get that identity back a little bit and separate from wife. So this is why I'm still trying to wrap my head around how getting into couple therapy so soon could be helpful when she's lost her identity because of this wife identity. Does that make sense? Did I explain that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. And I, th I think, again, that's such a good place. Group is such a good place where you can start to separate yourself away from the identity of wife. Cause there are so many more things that make up a woman other than wife, right? That's a role that she plays. It's not who she is at her core. And so I think, so I think, yes, there's like that separation is such an important, such an important piece. And I want to make sure I speak to that question directly. As far as the couples work, can you maybe one more time. Yeah. So what I was just curious about is how that would work when a woman has wrapped herself so largely into that identity of being a wife, that role of a wife, that it's become her identity. And so getting her into a group helps her kind of start to separate from that. And so then to throw her into couple yes. therapy 
when she's feeling obligated to, to do so many things that she's been doing as this wife and identifying as she doesn't, then she's bad right up to sexual intimacy. And so we're trying to let her heal and see that isn't her job and obligation and who she is. She's something like you were saying, completely different. Wouldn't, and, and ha- maybe, and so this is what I'm asking you, sorry. What I'm asking is throwing her into couple mm-hmm. therapy so quickly, could that be damaging? And have you seen that maybe backfire because she just doesn't know who she is right now. And now you're trying to get her to yeah, it's a really be good in the role so- of a wife again. Okay. Now I'm, now I got to work on being a good wife, but I've been trying to be a good wife and I got betrayed. So now wait, what? That's where my brain goes at least. Yes. Yeah, that's a great, that's a really good, that's a, such a good point. Cause I think this is where I think this uh, idea, when people talk about couples work, that elicits all sorts of pictures in somebody's head. Or in other words, when somebody says couples work, that can mean something very different to you, to the next person, to the next person. So just to maybe define this as the way that I see it is when I think about couples work, my goal in these early stages of doing this work together is to help them understand one another in a different way. They're so used to being in this dynamic where they misinterpret each other and they, we take things personally and we shut down and we get upset. Like the dance that we do in our relationships furthers the gap. And so what I want couples to truly be able to do is to understand their, the emotional reaction and sh- to be able to understand clearly the emotion that drives their behavior and have them share it in a different way. So again, going, I guess a very quick example, let's say a husband is constantly withdrawn and he defends himself and he minimizes the damage that he's causing, or he avoids difficult conversations. My goal in these early sessions is to help him first to identify and then to articulate the feeling that leads him to do those things. And it's usually fear. It's usually insecurity or inadequacy or some type of, there's a a painful emotion that drives that behavior. So my goal is to help him identify that and share that with her so she can get another way of understanding him, see him differently. And that can create, like that that changes the, the dynamic when he's able to share in a vulnerable way. And so I, similarly, I want him to be able to understand his wife and her pain and talk about what's going on for her. And my job is to support him as she shares. So he doesn't take it personally again and go into shame and beat himself up and withdraw. I'm there to help support him. Like I'm a spotter so I can help clarify any misunderstandings that he might have. So I'm not asking her necessarily to, to step into this wife role as much as I want him to understand her pain so he can be there for her more effectively instead of her feeling like she's on her own. Mm. Does that clarify that? That makes sense. No, that really does. Thank you. That makes sense. And I'm really hoping that women who are listening to this and even men, but women who are listening to this can really get honest with themselves and hear what you had to say. And I'm hoping that this resonates and maybe you can really take some time to see what is the most wise decision for you right now. Maybe those women Mm -hmm. who are really maybe stuck in the group mode, I would really encourage 
those particular women to get curious about what you're saying a little bit more. And again, your podcast is great. And so that's a place that, that we'll put in the show notes to direct them to as well. But yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. Okay. So in all of what we're talking about, there are so many different variations. There are so many different, yeah, but this, well, what about, that's what's so hard about, as I've found, as I do podcasts, because what I say there, a lot of times people have questions about how does that apply to them? So I hope we've talked through some of these scenarios here. And so I guess the thing that I want to leave everybody is I hope that when you hear this, you don't just either say couples work. No, that's not for me or couples work. Oh, that's, I have to do that. I like what you just said as far as being able to evaluate, is this a good step for me? This doesn't mean you have to jump into couples work right now. I think there are lots of things that people can focus on and still make progress, but I at least want to let people know that there is a way to bridge the gap a lot sooner than what they're told. And again, there's a lot of moving pieces to this. So I, again, there, I, I don't trust very many people with these types of complex cases, but if you know all of the pieces and how they work together, you can absolutely find healing in a way that you can't when you just do it on your own. So at least like you talked about, Amy, having this be something that people can consider and know that it is possible for those who say, I want to come back together with my husband or my spouse. I have no idea how to do this, knowing that it, it really is possible to do. In a safe way, which is what I love. And, and I feel like that's what you- In a safe way. That's hundred percent. Thank you. Thank you, Sam, for coming, for sharing, for letting Amy and I like poke at you because- I love it. <laughs> anytime- Sam and I get together, we've worked together for years, but anytime Sam and I get together and we have these conversations, I always leave learning more about myself. I always leave being just so grateful that there are others in this field who are so committed to individuals healing, to couples healing, to families healing, and whatever is best for that individual. I love talking to you and hearing how your brain works. And so I think today's conversation will be one that will leave people in this place of really questioning and thinking about, okay, what is right for me? What does this look like? And opening up their mind to maybe things that they haven't even considered. So thank you for your vulnerability and being with us today. And in the future, we'd love to have you back. If our listeners have questions and they're like, wait, what did Sam mean by this? send them to us, stand back on. We'll keep Mm -hmm. going with the conversation. So thank you for joining us today and we'll see you all next week. What an awesome conversation today. I loved it. Hope you did too. Please download this episode, share it and leave a review as it does help spread the message of hope and healing with others. And please feel free to email any questions you have for us or Sam at info at chooserecoveryservices.com. We're all about carrying on this conversation. And if you'd like more information about Sam's work, then we have that for you in the show notes. As we mentioned today, it's so important to have your own individual one-on-one work as well in this healing process. So please feel free to visit chooserecoveryservices.com to book your individual session because it's up to you to choose recovery, choose healing, and choose you. Take care, everybody.